turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. It's Seminar Week. Big event coming up in Burlingame on Thursday evening. That's a couple days from now, putting together some notes on it. I always try to find interesting topics and interesting insights for you. CFP Chad Burton will be talking about retirement planning. It's a full event, so uh, sign up today before uh, you lose the chance to. Um, we have to expand a little bit for this one. So you can sign up at Rob Black Show. It's Rob Black Show. Use code RADIO25 to come on in for free. Stocks open higher today based on... One simple and silly concept, the Fed drift. Tomorrow, the Federal Reserve is going to meet and start talking about the U.S. economy, and they're going to you know, share information with us on whether or not they're going to raise interest rates or not. And the day before, stocks tend to drift higher. There's no great story out there driving the markets. Boeing's not you know, falling apart today after their recent travails. Tesla stock is lower today as the company continues to spar with the SEC over Elon Musk's tweets. I just want to say... You know, bad boy, and like slap his wrist and say, like, can we please not let this be the focus of media on you right now? Supposedly, he's asked Tesla employees, "Hey, uh, I need you to volunteer extra shifts so we can hit our models this model numbers this quarter." Now that doesn't fly in America too well. I need you to volunteer your time and give extra shifts. Now, if he were to say, "Hey, but we'll also throw in some stock options for you," would you do it? I don't know if I'm a raw, raw, raw kind of guy. I like doing things that are a little outside outside the norm. When radio does like telethons, I'm always the first. Like, let me sign up for that. In television, um, the station that I work at, they get to do a lot of the local events like the Beta Breakers and um, very colorful road races. And I'm always like, I'll work at the production booth. I'll gladly get up there and like see what that, all the crazy is about. Anyway, um, Tilroy sees losses. Tilroy's having a problem really standing out as a marijuana company, in my opinion. They've got a great CEO. He's in front of the news. He's telling their story. Uh, but it seems like the some of the it seems like they take a long road to success. Uh, very volatile stock, so uh, they're trying to obviously get into bigger markets, and then you get into some of the illegality in the United States under the federal laws. Um, I would go for a different investment. It's too volatile for me. Is what I'm coming down with. Um, and that doesn't work for you enough, that's fine. We don't have to agree to this. We don't have to agree to agree, right? So Tesla, big issues these days. One company who is not dramatic, in my opinion, is Nike. And they're going to report numbers Thursday of this week. So I got the big seminar Thursday evening. They're going to have their numbers on Thursday. After the market, they're going to talk to analysts. And you better believe you, a lot of analysts are going to be picking their brains out. How's Asia working out? What's the tariff situation looking like? How's China? Um, what's the exports imports? Nike's a big international company, and they've got all the regions covered. 
So a lot of data will come out and we'll parse some of that into the big picture of the stock market. Uh, Back in December, when Nike last left off on their earnings March, they said, we expect revenue growth basically high single digits. That's not bad. They guided higher. Um, There's a lot of optimist analysts right now on product. If you remember, we're also heading into NCAA March Madness. There's going to be Nike everywhere. Do you remember the controversy that never really became a controversy? But the basketball star, a guy named Zion Williamson, if you have not seen some of his dunks, head to YouTube and just put in Duke Basketball Zion, Z-I-O-N. And uh, this guy's a big body that can move like really fast. That's the impressive thing about basketball is you don't even see it on TV, how fast the game is and how big the people are and strong. Holy mackerel. So, uh, But Zion Williamson was injured in some Nikes back in February when his shoe exploded. Uh, I think President Barack Obama was at the game, and he said something like, you could lip read him, and he says, his shoe just exploded. <laughs> well said, President. Well said. Oh, my. U.S. economic activity expected to slow. So says the Federal Reserve and a CNBC survey. You can't do too much with that. Facebook's up. They've been down about 8% in the last three sessions on Wall Street. So let's get them a little bit of oxygen. You're like, good for you. It's an interesting dilemma. And do you, do you, where do you go with your dilemmas? Because like some people hated Microsoft in the 90s, but it was a great investment in the 90s. They were an evil empire. They were putting companies out of business. So where do you draw your lines on Facebook? Uh, they've got some privacy issues, but fundamentally, the stock looks cheap. It looks like a grower. It's showing that it can grow. But morally, are they bankrupt? Same question on like companies like Philip Morris. They make companies that cause cancer. If you ever go into a cancer ward, it's the most depressing thing in the world, especially if it's a loved one you're visiting. So Philip Morris and Altria, both cigarette companies, on the outside, if you just look at the the company's balance sheet and financial statements, you're like, this is a pretty attractive investment. What do they make? And you're like, little sticks of cancer. (laughs) That may be a deal breaker for you, or you may go, hey. One day when I die, I'm going to give millions and millions and millions of dollars to cancer research. I don't know so what your legacy is going to be or not going to be. I am going to have the type of will, just so you know. I'm going to invite everyone that I've ever done business with, my radio producers, my TV people. Um, I'm going to have a big reading of my will. <laughs> it's going to say, like, and to you, Jeremy, I bequeath my fingernail collection. Oh, the police would lock me away if they ever found my fingernail collection. Don't tell them it's under my bed. So, so Nike... Going to be big in the news Thursday after the market. Now, what's also kind of interesting on Nike when you're talking about them is not only do you have product and manufacturing costs and demand and exports, but with Nike, you also have um, kind of an issue on inflation and with interest rates and in, in, in foreign market, foreign dollar exposure. So the Federal Reserve Policy on whether there's inflation or not, one of the companies they're going to look at are companies with really strong pricing power, like Nike and Adobe. So the Federal Reserve pays attention to some of these companies just as much as you know you and I do. The Fed might become even more accommodative by pursuing a different approach to the inflation target, and this all ties into what we learn when you learn input costs. That's kind of you know uh, dribble into the world of, of economics. And maybe that's a little bit too off the path. Big event coming up Thursday in Burlingame. Hope to see you there. You can sign up at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show.
Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. It's March Madness time. Big business time, March Madness is. The amount of illegal betting in this year, more and more legal bets as states are swinging that way. Much like they are in the marijuana industry, which is obviously creating growth opportunities. Um, how is your investment in your portfolio looking? Americans will bet $8.5 billion on the tournament this year. March Madness, Mr. Burton, one of the teams from up where you reside, Gonzaga, is doing, uh, looking pretty well. Are you going to throw any money their way? No, you know, I haven't even done a bracket for like two or three years. I just gave it's up. Kind of funny, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not much of a betting guy either. Yeah, it's... Um, it is what it is. It's, um, you're going to be coming up for the big seminar um, Thursday, the 21st, right yeah. around the corner. A couple hours from now, if you look at it that way, um, people can go to New Focus Financial. Sign up at uh, newfocusfinancial.com. Use the code RADIO25 to get it free if you haven't been. A lot of information there. But let's talk about some of the things we're going to talk about. 401k rollovers. Average American has at least two or three accounts, two and a half-ish, somewhere in that area. What's the best way to roll over your accounts and just get control of your life? Yeah, and I've seen it. Yeah, I've seen people that'll come in that have been clients for years, and they get they find the statement that they've got this old balance somewhere at some random employer from 15 years prior, well before they started working with us, and you forget about it. If you some of the places don't send statements anymore, and maybe just only on online access. So people forget about their 401ks, and then they get to the point where, okay, I've got to get on track for retirement. I need to know where everything is. I need to consolidate so I can figure out what my allocation is and what I should be doing. So the steps when you want to do a rollover um, of your old 401ks into an IRA, number one, you've got to say, do I want a financial advisor or do I want to do this myself? Because if you work with a fee-only certified financial that acts as fiduciary, they're going to use... A custodian. For example, we use TD Ameritrade. That's our preferred custodian for our clients, where it's the client's accounts. We manage their money, their accounts at TD Ameritrade. Um, some advisors use Fidelity and Schwab and, and a combination. So the, if you're going to use a financial advisor, a fee-only fiduciary-based financial advisor, you gotta, they'll do all that work. If you're going to do it yourself, then you have to figure out, where do I want, before you do anything, you, you have to open the IRA account. Where do I want to do that? Do I want to go to a no-load fund company like Vanguard or T. Rowe Price? Or maybe I want to be able to buy any stock bond, mutual fund, or exchange-traded fund, ETF, that I want. So then you would go to a TD Ameritrade, a Schwab, or a Fidelity and open up an IRA account. And then you can buy pretty much anything you want. It's more work involved because you've got to open the account then place the trade. If you go to Vanguard, you can pick the fund, open the account, and you just put the money in, it doesn't, you don't have to make an extra step in the trade. So once you get the IRA account open, then you just call the 401k company, Rob, the old company, and say, look, I want to do a rollover into my IRA. They'll typically ask you for the custodian's name where you open the IRA and the account number, and then they'll process the check typically over the phone. Sometimes they'll mail you a form that you've got to fill out with that information. But a lot of them are now just doing it over the phone. And what will happen is they'll mail the check to you, but you don't have to be scared because it's actually going to be made out to your IRA. And then you just send it in to where you opened up the IRA, and it's a tax-free process. So there's a couple of steps involved, but 
you know, you, you got to do it. You got to get your plan in order and your accounts consolidated so you know where everything is. So I'm speaking with CFP Chad Burton. He does the show here on KDOW, 6 o'clock in the mornings. You can find it at kdow.biz. Um, also at newfocusfinancial.com. You can get a podcast of it. Big event coming up Thursday, the 21st. That's this week. We'll talk more about that. But what can complicate the whole rollover process? And we're starting to get a little tight on time. Yeah, so you can end up with three accounts on a rollover. When you go into retirement, if you Ooh. had a, a, financial, a 401k plan where it had a Roth contribution option, a pre-tax option, and then you were getting a match in employer stock, when you do your 401k rollover to an IRA when you retire, you can end up with three accounts. An IRA, which will handle the pre-tax contributions in your 401k. You can end up with a Roth IRA, which will where any after-tax contributions that you made or Roth contributions you made will roll into that account. And if you received employer stock as the match, there's a really cool thing when you retire called NUA, or Net Unrealized Appreciation, where you can roll that stock from the 401k to a regular brokerage account and pay taxes on just the cost basis of that stock and everything else you'll qualify for capital gains in the future. So if you're retiring and you have different things in your 401k going on, you really need to know the rules and some of the great benefits where you can take your 401k and end up with three different accounts at retirement and a much better tax plan. Lots and lots of knowledge there. Who knew that rolling over 401k had so many concerns? But um, how about rolling an IRA? Don't roll an IRA if you're still working. There's some kind of rules there. Anything that I need to know of that, that gets the CFP Chad burden of seal of approval? Yeah. So okay. So if you're a person that number one, you're you're maxing out your current 401k at your employer, and you're looking for more ways to save, so you're trying to do a Roth IRA or a backdoor Roth IRA. You, if you have all these old 401ks that you're trying to consolidate, you may want to roll them into your current employer's 401k instead of an IRA. It might not be a good idea to use an IRA if you're trying to do the backdoor Roth strategy and other things like that. And then I'll also point out if you're self-employed and you want the maximized saving strategies, stop using a SEP IRA and start using an individual 401k and consolidate everything into that. Um, because of other things that you'll be allowed to do, like the backdoor Roth IRA, which is recently did a whole podcast on that. Thanks very much, it's CFP Chad Burton. There's a whole podcast that you can find at Apple's iTunes, but you can find easily subscribe to it by going to newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. There's a lot of good downloadables there, and some of the downloadables tie into the seminar that we're doing. Thursday evening. That's right around the corner. It's Thursday evening um, in Burlingame, which that's kind of far up north for us on the peninsula. It's retirement income and tax planning seminar. You can learn more by going to newfocusfinancial.com using the code radio 25, uh, talking about stocks. And like, for instance, there's a space tourism industry. Should you invest in space tourism? There's a marijuana industry that's still budding. Get it? Budding. Um, should you invest in that? Should you put all your money into a mortgage? Should you put all your money into a duplex? So we'll talk about that and kind of much, much more. Taxes, 2019, Trump presidency, risk in your portfolio, and much, much more. But you can sign up for that by going to newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. There is a Fed survey report that is out talking about the odds of recession 
are spiking to a three-year high. Now, it didn't happen three years ago. So one of the problems that you have when you have these kind of ideas is that sometimes they're self-fulfilling. Sometimes they uh, kind of just blow by and people forget about it. But I would say the 2020 election is going to be all about the economy. I know you're saying, no, no, it's the candidates. Anyway, you can sign up at Rob Black's show. It's Rob Black's show. Use code radio25 to get in for free. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and your money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Every Tuesday at this time, I get the pleasure of speaking with Patrick O'Hare with briefing.com. Briefing.com. I start my day every day with his page one column. A little skimpy today on the page one column, Mr. O'Hare. Is it just not a big news day, news cycle down? <laughs> well, it's kind of a, a question of it just being a, a sameness factor, really. You know, there's not a lot of things that have changed, and so you just have a uh, an underlying bullish bias uh, in the face of any news that comes this market's way because this market is being girded by uh, the realization that it uh, has a good deal of policy support on its side from the world's major central banks. So there wasn't anything that I saw this morning in terms of a specific corporate headline that really was making any, any real difference. Um, you just had a lot of uh, just general sentiment pieces and um, that were, were driving things. So it is more of the same. Um, today is one of the days it's kind of interesting. It's called the Drift Day. Have you heard this talked up today on CNBC and Bloomberg? No, I, I haven't, actually. I've had it uh, tuned out this morning, to be honest with you. So, um, um, the but Federal, Drift Day, the, huh? Federal, the Federal Reserve's got something, and they've done research on themselves, that the day before a Fed meeting, the stock market kind of whooshes up. One half of a percentage point on is the consistency on on it. So um, it's one of those things. It's like the Santa Claus rally where it does really kind of exist. And uh, today yeah. is called the Drift Day, the Federal Reserve Drift Day. So we got that going for us, which is nice. Well, right, and and I think that kind of just speaks to the earlier point, right? You, you've got a market that is is pretty much expecting the Federal Reserve to tell it tomorrow uh, that it's not going to be in any hurry to 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 raise interest rates, and moreover, it's going to start taking steps to you know end its balance sheet runoff. Um, you know, everyone seems to be quite interested in what that dot plot's going to show, and you know, we would suggest that in light of all of the dovish Fed speak of late, it has to show some type of downgrade of the rate hike outlook for uh, for 2019. The, the dot plot in December showed a median projection of two rate hikes in 2019, so we think it's the updated dot plots likely show uh, no more than one um, as as it relates to the to the interest rate outlook now for this year. And so, so the market kind of really already knows what to expect, but at the same time, it already knows and, and understands that low policy rates uh, and the idea that they won't be going up anytime soon uh, is a real expedient, um, you know, to, uh, to, to keep this market uh, underpinned. And that's why you continue to get, you know, very, very shallow pullbacks and a willingness to buy on these dips. So one of the things that I'm hearing from the media channels out there right now is that there's kind of a fear of missing out. We're quietly having a very nice first quarter of the year that's um, solid. And maybe people will jump into the market and chase into the market. Something that I don't really do because I'm kind of boring. I'm just a 401k max out kind of guy. 
Um, mm-hmm. Whenever I get bonuses, I'll throw it in just and say, what did I really want to own? And I'll own it. Um, but it, do you think there's a little bit of chasing going on right now that people are surprised the market's doing so well? Uh, we do. And there was a, um, a fund manager survey out of Bank of America Merrill Lynch today that kind of, you know, really supports this notion that you might see some further chasing action. You know, amazingly enough, what that survey showed is that fund managers have their lowest allocation to equities since September 2016. Um, so what that implies is that many fund managers have actually either missed or trailed this rally effort in 2019. And so if they're, you know, going um, to want to play catch up to their benchmark, I uh, would, you know, kind of make a case that you continue to see, uh, you know, um, buying support come in here from from fund managers chasing the action and needing to chase the action in a way. And uh, and so and you've got some positive positive technical developments that are unfolding as well with the move back above the 200-day moving average, the S&P 500 clearing its November high, and so there's some growing chatter that that sets the S&P 500 up for at least a retest of the prior all-time high that we saw last September. So just a lot of, um, you know, um, favorable um, narratives right now that continue to underpin this bullish bias and and provide a reason for, you know, um, or at least a rationalization for market participants to, to continue to buy on, on dips that they see. Do you think it makes any sense for non-professionals to take a look at stuff like the UK's Brexit and to change anything of what they're doing in their portfolio, maybe a little less international markets, maybe a little less in emerging markets, if they think the world's slowing? Um those are very isolated to me, like the Brexit. It's very tough for me to explain to people what they should be doing with that. Right. You know, I've, you know, I've thought about that question, and and I suppose that, you know, um, over the last few years while this Brexit plan has been unfolding, you know, I guess you just you can always ask yourself the simple question, like, you know, do you ever stop to consider, you know, if the U.K. crashed out of out of the E.U., how that might impact your, you know, your investment. And, and I would make the case that 99% of non-professional investors would never even think about Brexit um, and, and what the U.K.'s role is in the global economy. And I, so kind of what I'm driving at, I think, I think you can get into a position of overthinking things. If you look at what's happened in the market since the Brexit vote, I mean, we've risen to all-time highs, right? So if you, you go by the collective wisdom of the market, what it's telling you is that, you know, this Brexit situation is um, it, it, it's not as bad or is not believed to be as bad as some people think. And so carry on, you know, if you will, and continue to base those investment decisions on fundamental factors of low interest rates, low inflation, you know, solid earnings growth. You know, those are, those are your driving factors. And a lot of these macro issues, yeah, they're going to create some volatility over the short term. Um, but from a longer-term vantage point for the non-professional investor, things settle out. They always do. And, uh, and the drivers of, uh, you know, good investment returns over a longer-term basis are, uh, you know, buying in at decent valuations and seeing a, uh, an environment that's underpinned by low interest rates and, and decent earnings growth. So as I always like to do, I always like to give you that softball of what are you working on? What are you seeing as the extra issue that you haven't quite put into your articles yet, but we might see it down the road. Um, a little bit of a softball, but again, it is asking someone smart tied to the markets. What do they like? What do they not like? 
you know, who doesn't like a softball, right, coming at them. <laughs> so, um, so I'll, I'll swing, and hopefully I can hit it, hit it out of the park for you and just tell you that what I'm, I'm working on this week really is an update to Briefing.com's market view. Uh, we provide it every quarter, and uh, obviously there's a lot to consider here. When we came uh, into the year, we had argued that uh, it was really a, a, a very good time uh, for a longer-term investor to get back involved with the market, given how discounted the market multiple had gotten during that fourth quarter sell-off. So we're pleased with that call. And, and now we obviously had a huge run. You've seen the S&P 500 up close to 14% already year-to-date. And, um, and so we'll be making the assessment in here now as to whether, you know, we should continue to chase this or, you know, whether maybe you want to start uh, reining in some of that exposure if you've been participating fully in this, in this rally in 2019. Thanks very much for joining me and for giving all the market insights, even when the news cycle isn't hot and sexy right now. We're getting through it. It's Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com. That's Briefing.com. It's a great source for both national and international news that I feel is non-biased and insightful. And it's just got a good, good solid calendar of uh, options when you go to their website. Upgrades, downgrades, top events, event conferences. IPOs. A lot of people like the IPO markets. The 1990s was a sexy, sexy time with IPOs. And if you take a look at the IPO calendar this year, there's going to be a lot of wealth created. And if you take a look at where some of the IPO uh, companies live and work and have headquarters, you can see where some expected pops to real estate might happen. The week of March 25th through the 29th, we're expected to get Lyft, the ride-sharing company. Um, You know them. They're kind of one of the first at what they do on the ride sharing. Uber was probably weeks and months before them. I don't know. But the long story short, part of that is um, we've kind of seen these business totally be created. And now it's going to be worth, you know, $30 billion plus dollars. Now, you could say, give me something sexy. Give me an IPO that's not left, something that people haven't heard of. There's a company called Precision Biosciences. It's a genome editing company, and it's got an Arcus platform that treats human diseases. Um, Very, very cool, but I know nothing about that science, right? Genome editing. Does that mean we're going to be making seven-foot-tall super soldiers? i got to be careful what I say, because I don't want to make it sound like Precision Biosciences is making super soldiers. Uh, Rob, we need to talk. You know when you talked about super soldiers, it's true. We're going to take you out. Um, Sarah Connor. So space tourism. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Space tourism is in the news. Um, You're hearing more and more and more about space tourism. Space tourism. And we just got through the whole marijuana, marijuana, and how it's going to open up in Canada, and then it's going to open up in another state, and it's going to open up in another state, and then it's eventually become federalized. Um, But Boeing, Airbus, Lockheed Martin, Northrop Grumman, Raytheon, Delta Airlines, maybe American Airlines, United Continental. Those are some of the names that we would be you know, throwing up and out there that you might be able to invest in. Because right now you can't invest in SpaceX. You can't invest in Jeff Bezos' Blue Origin yet. But you're going to be hearing more and more about it. The space economy is expected to rocket to $805 billion by 2030. Woo, woo. Space tourism. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial 
Big Seminar coming up Thursday night in Burlingame. Learn about it at Rob Black Show. Use the code RADIO25. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. I do my very best to try to prepare enough content that it can be entertaining but not overwhelming and try to get you, you know, focused on being a winner when it comes to investing. Apple rolls out its first update to the iMac desktop in almost two years. Seems like they've gotten a little lazy with some of their rollouts on their iPads and their Macs in the past. And uh, you're like, is that possible? Like, of course, it's not possible. But it's worthy of note. Apple introduced its first update, basically adding speedier processors, right? New graphic engines. Um, slightly better models of screens. Apple has a little bit of a problem right now with their phones because people are wanting to update and upgrade all the time. And maybe that maybe that's part of their their strategy over at Apple. You know, with the uh, Mac computers, take your time, have a significant upgrade, maybe maybe wow them so to speak. Oh, it has a new screen, a 5K screen. I don't know. You know, I'm just going to be honest with you and say I don't know. It's, do we need 5K screens? Are we being sold a feature that we really, really don't even have the content for? Or is life so short that you want the best you can get? So anytime you talk Apple, you think of, you know, who who would benefit from this story? Well, Intel, because they're selling the, the, the semiconductors. AMD is in the story. Lenovo, HP, Dell, they're publicly traded again. They're back, like Slim Shady. Some things just never die. So back to the Starbucks rewards program thing. I, I kind of don't want to underestimate how important a brand is and how important it is to you know, grasp that there is so much competition in rewards and tiers. And you could look at it at credit cards or you could look at it at, at coffee. I enjoy getting free stuff. It's it, The vacation's that much better when you know the flights are free, tied towards your spending habits. And you're like... I must be making them a lot of money if they're willing to fly me for free with points, right? That's right. When a company gives you points, they're basically sharing the business with you, right? They're getting your loyalty, though. So there's all sorts of silly things inside this story on Starbucks and, you know, uh, the loyalty rewards and how you can spend them and how you can't spend them. Uh, What I really want you to take out of it is that it's an incredibly competitive world. And for instance, I saw Burger King, and I know you're thinking Burger King's not exactly a, a play on coffee. Well, they kind of are now. So they just announced that you can pay $5, which is about what you would pay for a Starbucks cappuccino. And for $5, you get free coffee for a month at Burger King. Now, you have to order through the app. If they can get you to be sticky, if they can get you for where you're like, ha, 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 I'm getting coffee for free. I only paid $5, and now this is my 30th day in a row of having a cup of coffee at Burke. If they can get you 30 days in a row, they will be happy to be ripped off on that on that deal. But craft coffee shops continue to lure away customers with their high-end beverages. Uh, Starbucks has had a string of beverages that just haven't been that popular recently. So every now and then they, they hit the home run with the pumpkin lattes, but not so much now. And you get Dunkin' Brands, and you get McDonald's all, all fighting for your in-app purchase. Um, it's a pretty powerful business model. Pretty powerful, and it creates loyalty. Because there's also something called point hoarders who don't ever use the points, and for some reason you don't pay your bill and you lose all your points. Those are like cows and whales, right? Those are like, woohoo! Thank you, thank you. Chance of a recession are rising, so says a CNBC Fed survey. 
I bring this up not to end the hour with negativity, gloom, and doom. I bring it up in large part because we've had a nine-year economic expansion, and right now it, it feels a little toppy. But you know what? It felt a little toppy last year and the year before and the year before. We tend to not we tend to go through recessions. So they happen every four to eight years like clockwork. Sometimes it's tied towards presidents coming in and presidents going out. And some of the economic policies that they put in place. Chance of a recession in the next twelve months rose to twenty three percent, so says the C N B C Fed survey. Now, here's another thing that can happen with some of these surveys. They can become self fulfilling prophecies. And what that basically implies is something along the lines of, um, hey, Rob keeps talking about one day it's going to be a rainy day and you should have a rainy day fund. Maybe it'll happen sooner than later. And I'm going to go ahead and pull the money out of the market now just to make sure. So 52% in the survey said they now approve of the president's handling of the economy. Interesting, right? And that's actually down from the prior survey in which the approval had to hit an all-time high. I think Donald Trump is pretty controversial. And I think American politics are pretty extremist right now. you basically have to tweet outrage at everything the other party says. Um, I would have thought that Americans didn't approve that much of the economy, but again, we're at 4% unemployment or, or below. But economists now are starting to look into the future and saying, down the road, we see a rising chance of, of a slowdown economically to the point that it could hit a recession. Um, in this Fed survey out of CNBC, there was some quotes. And one of the quotes said, you know, Trump has to, if he wants to be a two-term president, He's got to get these tariffs cut. He needs to get China stimulated. He needs to help our economy stimulate right in time for the elections. And it, there was one concerning factor, and the, the the economist basically said, hopefully he doesn't look at Europe as next after he finishes up China. And if you haven't thought of that, you should. And think about, like, will President Trump keep going after countries and saying, you better deal, better deal, better deal? If so, that could be a negative I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Big seminar coming up in Burlingame on the 21st. Learn more during the commercials or by going to robblackshow.com.